Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome to the Investor Coaching Show. This is Evan Barnard and Dan Hill in. We are covering for Paul Winkler, who is taking a very well-deserved 4th of July vacation. I think he's taken like one vacation in the last three years. Who told him to take a vacation? <laughs> for sure. He didn't, he didn't <laughs> run it by me. The, uh, but I did bring you ice cream this time. I don't have to have it up in the off-site studio, so this is pretty good. Thank uh, you. Dan and, yeah, thanks. The, uh, Dan and I work in the Cool Springs and Columbia and Dixon offices, just to introduce ourselves there. And uh, we're looking forward to a great show, great couple of hours. Uh, Paul will be coming back in for the third hour uh, to kind of give you a reprise of some best of, just to give you a heads up. Uh, but it is the 4th of July week. And I thought it was appropriate. I wanted to take advantage of this opportunity, being, uh, I think, the only veteran in the firm, uh, to be able to uh, give a shout out to those that do provide for the freedom for our country. And uh, I had the chance to travel to Israel just a couple weeks ago. It was uh, my third trip there, went with a big uh, church group, which was really outstanding, and it was really driven home that you have to protect your freedom. Israel is a nation that is kind of constantly on the edge. They are always looking out for themselves uh, because they have a lot of threats out there. And I think that there's a lot of similarities to capitalism and what we do for our clients. You know, without property rights, we wouldn't really have the ability to have stock ownership, to have mutual funds and things like that, that we are able to participate in the American dream and, uh, you know, change the stars is one of the movies uh, would say. We have the opportunity to really um, change your family tree. And so uh, just a huge thank you to the men and women of the armed services, as well as those, you know, that protect us here at home. Uh, Dan and I took about 25 minutes just to pick up <laughs> a uh, an ice cream sundae for Leviticus and uh, the traffic in Nashville. If anyone is worried about the economy, let me tell you, just drive down to Nashville for about 10 minutes and uh, you will be totally fine with knowing the economy is in good hands. There's about <laughs> 50,000 people walking the street down there. And uh, of course, with the bridge closed on Broadway, uh, it's a little bit of a snafu. But, you know, that's that's what freedom brings is prosperity. And so um, I wanted to talk a little bit actually about the Israel trip, Dan. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we get kind of technical on the show, which is a good thing because we invest based on evidence for our clients. Uh, but it was my third trip. And so I kind of was approaching it with this, this feeling that, okay, I've been here before, what am I going to learn? You know, what's new? I've, you know, I won't say been there, done that, but uh, that that was kind of the uh, the sense. And it really struck me. We had this fantastic guide. This was uh, uh, my wife and I were there with several people. The guide had a great story himself. He was born in Nolens, and uh, he moved to a kibbutz 
when he was a teenager, worked as a dairy farmer on the kibbutz, you know, kind of the Israeli, you know, commune shared capital, you know, shared platform. And uh, he had done that for about 10 years and his wife came to him and as wives can do sometimes <laughs> and uh, basically said, you know, you stink as a dairy farmer <laughs> and you love Israel. You like talking about all our history. Why don't you go to the tour guide school and become a tour guide? And so that's what he did. And he had been a tour guide for about 33 years. And here's why I bring that up. You know, we were going to sites that were familiar. We had seen, you know, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre before. We had gone to Masada before, that stronghold where, you know, the Israelis were surrounded by the Roman legions and so forth. There's been several movies about that whole issue. And it reminded me of what we do for clients. You know, there's a difference between handing someone a book and saying, here, read this about investing or here, read this about Israel and having someone there that's been there, that's lived that, that really understands the stories behind it and can make it come alive. The, uh, when, when we're talking to clients, do you, how do you kind of view that as opposed to we're not just teaching, but we're helping them really experience investing in a new way? Yeah, so kind of what you said earlier is that keeping it from Wall Street down on Main Street. Yeah. So, like you said, we we just spent we just had to go around our elbow because of the <laughs> construction. But I had I don't think I've been down here since uh, pre-COVID. Yeah. And so, years ago, when you and I were coming back from Goodlettsville from the corporate office, I was counting, and you said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm counting cranes." Right. And not to be confused with counting crows, but counting cranes. And so I try to do that with um, the clients and go like, look at that. There's 12. Now, I couldn't even count the day. There's more than 12. But at that day, there was 12 cranes. And that's to me a sign of, you say, like uh, free markets at work. Yeah. Capitalism at work. And sometimes I was just taking some notes as you were doing the intro. There's kind of a disconnect between the actual returns of the market because of Wall Street, right, in reality of um, what's going on in our economy now, I know Nashville because of my brother's business, which is real estate, is one of uh, is a hot market. I think we all know that because we live here. It's a little bit different from other markets. We were the third fastest growing economy a few years ago. I don't know where yeah. we're at now, and a lot of people are moving here. Can't imagine we're any lower. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't look like because I think there's more than twelve cranes. But like I was telling you, I said, where did that building come from, and where did that building come from? I haven't seen. It's like they just dropped these 20-story apartment and business off. So that's what I try to tell people. Just look around. Right. Uh, look at, is there a line at McDonald's? There was for us quite a long one. Is <laughs> You know, do you see cranes? Do you see construction? I mean, there have been 100 more houses behind me. Right. It's just the economy's booming. So I kidded about it. I was telling you, said, man, this recession is killing us down here. You yeah. Know, it takes 30 <laughs> right. minutes to get ice cream for Leviticus. Uh, but... Yeah, so I try to just keep it on Main Street. I say thank you. And and look look out there if there's traffic and whatever, things are good. When when you don't see traffic, you don't see a line at McDonald's or Starbucks, you don't see cranes, then we we got an issue. Exactly. And so, you know, kind of coming back to this being a guide is there is a difference between thinking you know about investing. And maybe you do know some stuff about investing. We work with a lot of educated clients. They've done some studying. You know, very few people are just starting out, although uh, we're actually, you know, it's, it's fun. We're starting to have a lot of clients, 18, 19, 20, that are getting started on the right track. It's going to be exciting to see where they end up 40 years from now. 
Um, but just because you have some knowledge doesn't mean you can understand kind of the, the history behind it or the emotions that go with investing and some things like that. And so uh, there was another uh, item that jumped out at me uh, thinking about uh, the movie The Moneyball. And how is this going to tie in to investing? And I know you're a, a baseball fan and coached baseball for years. But, you know, Moneyball, there's this scene where early on in the show, uh, I won't ruin the entire movie for you if you <laughs> haven't seen it, but I would highly put it on your list, download it or, you know, stream it, whatever, however you watch shows. Um, but there's a scene where they're ta- all these baseball scouts are in a room and they're talking with the general manager about, okay, who are we going to? try to draft or recruit for the team. And you'll you'll probably laugh at some of my sports terms, so you can clean this up if I, I get too far afield. I <laughs> I'm, I'm more on the military side. You've got more of the athletic side. And so these, these uh, scouts are talking about, well, so-and-so, you know, he's got troubles at home. And, well, this person, he's got a good, you know, he's a southpaw and we need a southpaw. And, you know, well, this person, he's going to be a number one draft pick and he's got a drinking problem, whatever. But they all have these stories about why they think this particular player is going to be good for the team or bad for the team. And it's all opinion. They're all trying to predict the future. And so the general manager at one point, you know, kind of slams his clipboard on the table or something and basically says, you guys are just all full of it because you don't know how players are going to turn out. You've been scouting this way for years. You've had some players that worked. You've had some players that didn't do well. And so we're now going to manage this team using data. And he has this Yale grad that, you know, has crunched the numbers on baseball and they totally change how they're going to build the Oakland A's. And they're using historical data of how the players actually perform. And here, I would be crossing a party line. I am kind of referencing past performance, but I'm really focusing on the, inv- the evidence that was available of, okay, this person got on base or this person got X amount of hits. And not just that he was tall, he was short. You know, his wife was good looking, his family came from the right, you know, all that kind of stuff that was a story. And it turns out that the team did quite well, and he really revolutionized the game. All the sports, football, baseball, basketball, all started using data to to build and coach teams. The uh, Did that did that kind of make it down even to the, the Little League or Pop Warner? Did um, they even keep stats that, on players that yeah, young. Yeah, yeah. so I, of course, my kids are thirty now. So I was yeah. coaching eighteen-year-olds when I quit <laughs> before coming. the internet. Yeah, um, <laughs> but what you were saying, yeah, kind of revolutionized it, it, and also it just expanded now. Where these they kind of invented some new metrics. Yeah, and now there's even more metrics. Right, you know that I don't even know what uh, war, war. One of them's war, wins above replacement. Okay, there's all these different metrics that's expanded yeah. from a half a dozen to dozens of different metrics they look at and where you write like we say hey past performance is not addicted to future you know results we always ask about maybe in restaurants it might yeah. be good for restaurants and it might be good for baseball right but it's not in other sports but it's not good you know for for, for stock investing. picking yeah because yeah, yeah, exactly it's pure random luck and but yeah so it's 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 a it's a crazy thing and um uh, it seems to work you know i still watch a lot of baseball you know as i'm sitting right. at my desk at night and you know, um, 
since you brought it up, I used to be a big fan of Cincinnati Reds, the big red machine. It's hard now because teams change so much based sure. on these stats. But the Reds were in last place. And about the time they were going to fire their coach, it was, you know, they don't get much leash. Mm-hmm. And they brought up four or five young kids from AAA, and they're in first place now. Yeah. And these kids are performing. I call them kids. Yeah. One of them's a 29-year-old. Anyone under 60 is a kid does, (laughs) right? Yeah, right. But so, you know, those metrics seem to work for the most part. Right. You know. Yeah. So why do I bring that up? Well, I want to circle back to the tour guide analogy. Investing principles are actually relatively easy to understand. And where we spend a lot of time with clients is – creating analogies that just help resonate. You you may never want to really understand the nuts and bolts of the intricacies of maintaining a portfolio, when to rebalance and so forth. And we'll and we'll be talking about that. But we want to teach general principles because there is so much disinformation and wrong information that's out there that you really need to be prepared to know how to separate good advice from bad advice. I mean, I, if anything, the 24-hour news cycle, telephones, te- you know, iPads, um, there's just messages being thrown at you constantly. And, you know, what was it this past week? The Supreme Court got it, you know, waded in with the government and stifling free speech. And, you know, this is not to make a political statement. It's just it's all going to be out there. Free speech <laughs> means I have to really pay attention to what I'm listening to. I don't want to just take everything at face, you know, face value. And so that's, I think, where the strength of having a guide that's been in the land, an investor coach that's been doing that for a long amount of time and can explain it to you so you understand it so that you can just go live your life. I didn't worry about where the bus driver was turning (laughs) in Israel. I wasn't, you know, looking, okay, did he run that yellow light, you know, whatever, I was just listening to the guide and really enjoying the tour. And, of course, kind of talking about downtown Nashville, Israel is actually growing leaps and bounds since they brought on some desalination plants. You know, water was always a problem for Israel. And, you know, really up the upper Dan River in the Springs was uh, their big source of water. Now that they have these desalination plants, there are scads of high-rise buildings being built all the way from the Mediterranean coast <laughs> to the Jordan River. I mean, it's really interesting to see how much building uh, has gone on how, there. How long since you've been there? Uh, 2018 was the last oh, time so I was there. Long. Yeah, yeah five, five years. years. Wow. Yeah, and so, I mean, it's almost like Nashville. I didn't, yeah. uh, I've, I drive through the Nashville skyline a couple times a, a month right. to go up to Goodlesville. <laughs> and... But, you know, I kind of follow the same path, and largely I'm listening to 99.7 and not even really paying attention to the traffic too much. Right. And, you know, now driving around, this place has just gone crazy, even through COVID. I mean, it's really amazing. So that's Good fantastic. crazy. That's, yeah, in a good way. Yeah, yeah and I was commenting to you that I, I go through here a couple times a week, but I go 440 to the airport. So yeah. I'm going like, where did this building come from? Right. This 30, that's in four years. It's uh, it's crazy, and I bet you Dan is sitting in traffic, <laughs> patiently going through 440 patiently. Yeah, he's patiently sitting it. in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter what time. That's of right. The day. <laughs> so the you know to kind of to kind of close this little uh, segment, uh, it is important that you work with someone on the investing side that has been there, 
Um, you don't really want to do it on your own, but you do want to understand it to get the most out of that because it's at the end of the day, you care about your own money more than anyone will care about it. We love our clients. We care about our clients, but you're the one opening the statement and you're the one writing checks, sending your child to school or paying for a wedding or something like that. And so you want to have peace of mind around that and having that great relationship and understanding it, I think is one of the real things, the things that really sets us apart as a firm. Hey guys, if you want specific advice for your unique situation, schedule a free 15 minute phone chat with one of our trusted advisors by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. We don't sell any products and our advisors don't make any commissions. So this isn't a sales call. We have a coaching process that helps you understand investing and relax about money. Don't put blind trust in anyone with your financial assets. We want to partner with you in the process so you know what you're doing and why. We manage assets on a fee-only basis, which means that when you do well, we do well, which aligns our interests with yours from the start. We also bring you into the financial planning process that gives you a clear plan so you can find the freedom to pursue your purpose. All our advisors are degreed planners too, with years of experience. So schedule a free 15-minute phone call with an advisor by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. Welcome back to the Investor Coaching Show. I'm Evan Barnard here with Dan Hill this afternoon. And uh, we're going to shift gears and we are going to get a little bit technical. Paul had sent me an article that he wanted me to cover in one of the segments. And uh, the title, it's this is coming from the Wall Street Journal, one of our favorite uh, social reads. <laughs> and it's uh, the title is Investors Are Pouring Money into This Modified S&P 500 Stock Market Strategy. So let's let's kind of break that down a little bit. A lot of times, you know, if we analyze a portfolio for a client, somebody's coming in, whether it's their 401k, whether they were doing it on their own, um, or they were working with some other firm, oftentimes their portfolio is heavily concentrated in large U.S. companies, which is represented by the S&P 500. And early on, you know, Vanguard kind of pioneered the index fund, Jack Bogle did, and it caught on. And the premise of the normal S&P 500 index form, uh, fund excuse me, is that the fund is cap-weighted to mirror the S&P 500. So what does that mean? Well, the largest company in the S&P 500 would have the largest chunk of the index fund. The second largest company would have the second largest chunk and so forth. It's not equally weighted where they just divide the thing, you know, they put one share in each of 500 companies. It's what's called cap weighted. Well, it's so cap weighted that right now the top 10 stocks out of 500, so that means the other 490, you know, the top 10 stocks are over 30% of the index. And so if someone were to come in and say, well, hey, I have these 10 stocks in my portfolio. Am I diversified? We'd say, well, no, you're not diversified at all. You've, you know, you've got everything in large US and right now it would be tech, you know, Apple, Meta, all of that kind of stuff. And Visa's up there as well. And now NVIDIA Corp is <laughs> in that top 10, wasn't for a long time and it shot up this year. And of course, what are people talking about now that NVIDIA has gone up 150%. Oh, you should go buy NVIDIA. <laughs> buy high, sell low. Isn't that, isn't that what we want to do? Yeah, of course not. Well, like anything in the investment industry, 
we can come up with a better mousetrap or at least a bunch of experts can get in a room and try to come up with a better mousetrap trying to beat the market. And this is uh, a modified S&P 500 fund to where they are getting closer to equal weighting. And so it's not cap weighted. They don't have so much money in those top 10 or top 20 stocks. And it's a little bit closer representation of the U.S. market, but it doesn't get there by far. But here's the problem with those things. It, it does increase the exposure to smaller, large companies, which is a good thing. We would totally support that in a portfolio. But what it does in how they go about doing that is it increases the trading costs inside of the fund because now they're they're doing a lot more trading to try to keep this equal weighting in the index fund. And you still have to change the fund when the index reconstitutes. You know, every several months, the Standard & Poor's gets together and says, okay, you know, these nine companies, these 12 companies, we don't think they're representative of the U.S. market anymore, so we're going to take them out of the S&P 500, and we're going to replace it with these 10 companies. Well, all of that involves trading costs, and even if it was a good stock that the fund manager would have wanted to keep, which is still stock picking, that's another, that's another conversation, mm -hmm. but they just have to get rid of it. And it was interesting, as I read through this article, uh, you know, they still have to liquidate the shares, obviously, when they reconstitute. But when you looked at the performance, the, the reason this fund was getting some press in the Wall Street Journal was it this equal weighted S&P 500 exchange, you know, ETF beat the regular cap weighted S&P 500, but only because of the last six months, because it had some smaller companies in it as a greater percentage it didn't drop as much as the large companies did early on in the year. You know, U.S. last year was down 18, and this fund was down about 11. And so, of course, it's getting pressed because it beat the S&P. You know, again, let's buy high and sell low. Um, but it's interesting when you started to look at the data for the fund. In the same article, for the 5, 10, 15-year period, it had underperformed the S&P 500. Why? Because large U.S. had kind of been dominating, and particularly some of those tech companies, 20-year it hadn't. And so, you know, here you have this thing that people buy, most of the time people buy index funds for a couple of reasons. One, they're simple, right? It's just, it's easy to understand. And the other big attractive feature for these things is they're cheap. You know, well, when was the last time that the cheap alternative was the best alternative when you were getting something fixed around the house or on your car? The, uh, you know, not usual, <laughs> the, the good part takes three weeks to come from, you know, Europe or whatever. And so just because they have low visible expenses, there's still a lot of cost inside to maintain a fund like this. And it, the way it read, they only rebalance this thing every few months. The funds that we use to capture an entire asset class different from an index fund use cash flows. You know, every day, dollars are flowing into these funds from investors all over the country. Uh, what is it? I think we have clients in 38, 38 or 39 states now. Oh. Um, and a couple you know, different countries. And a couple different countries. Those are military serving overseas or some missionaries have transferred and so forth. Um, but they're still U.S. citizens <laughs> for anyone listening. <laughs> um, but 
you know, it's, uh, there's dollars coming in. And so we can minimize trading. They just keep that fund as pure as they can. You know, nothing's perfect because uh, there's, there's always friction. There is some expense that goes on. But uh, we can decrease the trading costs with that. And the fund itself may show a higher visible expense, a higher management fee if you're looking on a database, you know, like Morningstar. Say, well, this, this is, you know, 10 basis points. This is a tenth of a percent more expensive. I'll get the cheaper one. But if you add up all of the costs, um, great example. So here's a great example. To me, this is a coaching thing, kind of like the Israel tour guide. So there's an advertiser on the station. I, I won't mention them because I'll probably break some rule. But <laughs> one, of their, uh, one of their selling propositions is that when you buy an appliance, you don't get an extra fee for a cable, an extra fee for hauling away, an extra fee for delivering, setting it up. You know, you just, if it's a thousand bucks, it's a thousand bucks when you turn it on in your house. And so mutual funds are a little bit the same way. You may have this cheap fee, but once you start looking under the hood, there's all this extra expense. And, you know, you really want to make sure that you minimize the total trading cost because ultimately that comes out of your pocket. You know, I don't know. Do you have a, a purchase example of someone kind of nickel and diming you recently for a couple of minutes? No, I can't think of that per se right now, but it kind of would, when you said that, it took me back to when uh, I was doing business with a certain car dealership and, and another guy, we, I live in a small town, I was from a small town in Virginia, and he said, why don't you work with us? Our service department's better. I said, well, if I buy a brand new $50,000 pickup truck, I sure hope I don't need a service department. So it wasn't a very good, yeah. you know, selling point for me, like your service is better. You're telling me your trucks are worse. <laughs> you know, Exactly. You know? So anyway, I will go who's Ford right. versus Chevy or Ford versus Ferrari, you know, but yeah. yeah. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors. And confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.